Welcome, everyone, to Doing Business with the Servant's Heart show today. And I'm excited to have Mike Hutzel, who's the CEO of Eagle One, as you can see in his background. Met with Mike a few times, love what he's doing out there. And Mike, I want to welcome you to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Steve. My pleasure. Well, let's start the very beginning, not the beginning, but the start of your entrepreneurial business career and where you went from there and where you're going to. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to date myself a little bit, I guess. 30, <laughs> 33 years in this in this industry, right? Um, and I'm, I'm blessed that it's been with family. So my business partner, Diane, um, is uh, Sergeant Major during the day. And when times are not so good, you know, I said, Mom, what'd you do? Get me into this godforsaken business, you know. Um, but but it's really been an evolution. I, I would love to sit here and say to you, Steve, that um, we had this horizon and we're brilliant entrepreneurs and we had it all mapped out 30 years ago. Um, I, I would tell you really nothing's further from the truth, man. Um, we, we knew what we were good at. Um, and that that's in the field of customer experience, lead generation, and eventually it was digital marketing as well over time. Mm -hmm. But but you know we we really a lot of who we are today is because we're good listeners um, and we responded to our clients' needs. So so I would say our clients are responsible in a large part for who we are today, um, and and that's really led to the evolution of who we are today uh, with our three our three distinct divisions. Um, we, we learned a lot of lessons as bootstrapped entrepreneurs, for sure. Uh, a lot of sleepless nights and payroll and, and all the things that come along with a human resources intensive business. Um, but those were great life lessons. And I, and I would tell you, uh, being a military family, I believe, uh, prepared us for that. So, you know, just the, the, the fortitude, the grit, the determination that we learned you know, one one city at a time, you know, even across the pond uh, as we follow dad around the world. Um, I think that really gave us that entrepreneurial grit that you need, that that fortitude that allowed us to just persevere. Yeah. Um, especially through a couple of recessions. Uh, and obviously everybody's been through the pandemic. And um, I, I just think those are the kind of times where you can call on your roots. And it allows you to 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 really just kind of stick to it through the tough times and evolve with your clients. I mean, I think that's a that's a big part of it as well. I love the word listen, because to me, serving as part of what this show is about, you have to listen. So you're listening to your customers, audience. That's a huge tip he just put out there. And that's why I'm saying it again. Keep in mind that's really important. Sometimes it's hard, right, Mike? But you got to do it. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, and I, I would say too. Being in a services-based business like we are, um, we're, we're clear we, we have a servant role, right? I mean, it's, you know, and and if, if I think of, you asked about the evolution, I would tell you in the early days, uh, we had these, these uh, because of some of Diane's background in market research, we had a lot of what would be known as household logos, big, yeah. big clients. And those are wonderful because you can tell people about them. Everybody knows who they are. Um, but But what we learned is we were always just a vendor. And there was a little bit of a roller coaster ride with that because if you didn't time those big projects properly, you had a couple of problems. You either had a problem of infrastructure stress, so too much work, not enough people, not enough computers, not enough phones, that kind of thing. Or the converse was true. There was a lull. And then you had underutilized assets and, and people who weren't getting full-time work. 
So what we discovered, and, and it's really a cultural thing too, I think, Steve, is that um, we, we really shined when it came to small and mid-cap companies. So, so those entrepreneurial companies that are really just kind of scratching it out like we were, uh, we, we started to take on more and more of those clientele over that same evolutionary period. And I, if you look at our portfolio today, about 70% is small and mid-cap. Uh, and, and again, it's because we actually like that. And, and there's, a, there's an intangible there too, Steve. I mean, and this, this goes to the theme of your, uh, of your podcast, but if you, if you think about the kind of work we do, again, customer experience, lead generation, digital marketing. So those are commodities technically, right? So, you know, the, the Y Eagle one is, you know, our intellectual prowess, all the wisdom and age at the executive level. But the, the fun part is when, when we're working with those smaller entrepreneurial clients, we meet them at the door they're at, wherever they are, okay? And they, they share their dreams with us. They say, hey, we want to grow this way and do these things. And, and while we're not totally responsible for that growth, uh, as they do grow, we feel like we've contributed to the cause, right? So there's a little more partnership aspect. There's a little more good human will yeah. involved in that kind of work. And it's not to slight our big clients by by any means. We 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 service them well. We do, but we're we're clear on our role. We're a vendor. In in the with the smaller entrepreneurial companies, the mid cap companies, we're a partner, and that that just changes the the dynamic of the relationship a little bit. Lesson I'm learning, Mike, and I didn't. We've talked before. Is hey, big companies are great, but you don't really need to have them. Work small, medium, and you're still going to be successful. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, depending on what you do. Sure. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it's not that, again, I don't want to, I certainly don't want to offend any of our large clientele yeah. because we value those relationships too. We're just clear that we're a cog in the wheel, yeah. uh, with the smaller and, and, and the mid cap companies that, you know, there's some challenges, frankly, they're not as cleaned up or buttoned up as maybe a, a corporate America style company might be. They've got their own broken parts and bruises, uh, as a services based company. Typically we see some of those, you know, after we get engaged. And some of them we can fix and some of them we can't. And so we let them know that, hey, we're, we're, we're a good solution for these things. But but these other things you may want to take a look at as we go uh, and grow. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you think about what really makes America tick, it's the small business. Owner, yeah. Right. Like, I mean, that's the backbone of the country at the end of the day. And, and to be able to help those those dreams along the way, even in a small capacity, really puts a lot of goodwill in our work. Uh, and our people love it. Frankly, you know, it's 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 it just makes it so, and you and you can feel it in the energy on the projects, right? They yeah. they they start to identify. Well, I'm a this client service person, or I'm a that client. It's yes, they're part of the Eagle One family, but but they really take ownership of those projects because their their opinions are valued, their work is valued, um, and yeah, it takes a, it takes more small clients to get to where you're going. But at the end of the day, if you've got all that other intangible stuff built yeah. in. It's totally worth it. Amen. I, I appreciate that. And a great thought that you just said is you ride with your customers. You don't, here's you go and walk away, go to another customer. I love how I call it, you riding with the customer through everything. And, and that's how you, you have to be successful doing that. Other people can be, but it's short-lived in my eyes, in my eyes. So I love hearing you say that. And in your backgrounds is engage, evolve, elevate. We've talked about that before. I, I think it's the, the best three E's I've ever seen. Let's talk about that a little bit, how it came about and how you use that in your business. Yeah. So uh, this is, I guess, a, a family secret, right? Um, 
engage evolve elevate. Well, so growing up a military brat, dad was 101st Airborne Vietnam era. Okay. So it was that bulldog era. You know, that's just, that's just, well, so as, as the oldest of five sons, I also had a lot of responsibility, you know, with my brothers, you know, cause he was, he was deployed a lot. Um, but, but he had a, he had a bunch of key phrases, but one of them that he adopted from the ar- army was move out, draw fire, adapt, overcome. Well, you can use that at home. You can certainly use that on the battlefield, but it doesn't really apply in the business world, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, people are going to go, "What are you talking about?" Right? <laughs> so we 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 toyed when we when we came up with Engage Evolve Elevate. We we talked about how can we make this tangible and plausible, understandable to the average business owner, right? So, our if you think about that adage, right? Move out, draw fire, adapt, overcome. So. The move out and draw fire aspect is really you can plan all you want to, uh, but until you engage the enemy, you don't know where the bullets are coming from. In the business world, that that's that translates to the following. Well, you, you can plan and you need to plan, strategize, custom content, all that stuff. But until you get out and put that in front of your audience, whoever they are, you don't know how well received it's going to be. So our engage sort of encapsulates that that move out and draw fire aspect, right? You got to go engage your customers. You got to figure out, you know, how your value proposition really resonates, right? So now what? You get some good news and you get some bad news, right? With any kind of marketing program. Some of your clients love what you're saying, love what you do. Some of them, they're like, ah, who are you? Why, am I, why are you bothering me? I, you know, I don't know. So that's where the elevate comes out, right? And so there it's it's adapt, right? Adapt. I said move out, draw fire, adapt. So we, we use that as as the evolve, the evolve piece. So we're gonna evolve based on what their their prospect population, who by the way, anytime we engage with a client, that becomes the number one person in the room, right? It's it's we're now in the same boat, rolling in the same direction yeah. with the prospect with the same goal in mind, right? So with that, we've got an, an opportunity to evolve. Okay. And so that's that's tweak this here, tweak that there, maybe change the messaging, maybe look at the prospect population a little differently, wh- whatever that means. But we have to make those adjustments to to really accommodate that prospect population. And then overcome. Well, that's our elevate, right? Let's let's take your your marketing initiative, your customer experience initiative to the next level. Now let's really wow those customers because they've told us what they want, right? They've, they've given us some feedback collectively about what's resonating about your value proposition and what's not. Right. So that's really our engage, evolve, elevate. Pretty simple. I like it. You've got deeper than we've talked about. Uh, Cause like I said, those words are very powerful words. I like that. And that's, in, and that would be involved if I was coming to you as possible new client, this is, these are the kind of things you'll talk about, uh, do you do discovery calls where you'll meet with me and see if we're a fit? Like you said earlier, you might make sure they're a fit. Yeah. Yeah. So usually, a, you know, we, we don't assume frankly, Steve, that we can help everybody. We can't, we know it. Nope. Okay. And so, so, and, and we've reached a stage in our evolution where we've, we've come to the place where it's better to do all the evaluation prior to a client ever spending any money with us. Because if, if we think we can, we've got a fit, culturally, you know, our value systems and our work will help enhance whatever it is they're doing, then there's reason to talk more. But there are times when we meet people and either there's not enough budget, it's not the right value proposition, we can't penetrate that target market, whatever Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. 
Yeah. It's just, it's just much easier to say that on the front end uh, in a discovery session, because then you can part ways friends and wait for the next opportunity together. Right. As opposed to those very difficult conversations, like what did you do with my marketing budget or yep. whatever. Right. Yeah. So discovery is definitely part of it. Um, Again, back to the listening factor, even though our people, our technology and our strategies don't technically change, I would say to you that they're all build to suit, right? So, so when we're listening, we're thinking about, again, the prospect population, the value proposition, mm -hmm. how do we need to position that properly, whatever that might be. Um, and so that's when we're really making the analysis of what kind of return mm -hmm. can we potentially give a client. And so that goes into... That box is checked. We like your value proposition. Great. That box is checked. We know your prospect population. Great. That box is checked. And we've got a few solutions we think that could help. Then comes the, the, the proposal. Now we have a, you know, our, our view or vantage point on proposals are this is just one possible way to get the work done. Yeah. Right. So I, we always tell, tell clients and prospects, look, it's just a draft. It's just a starting point. Like, you, you may not have this much budget. You may not like this strategy. You may have a lot of questions about this approach, it, but it's, a, it's, a, it's really just kind of a milestone that says, okay, we've checked these first boxes. Here's a, here's a chance uh, at maybe how we go about this. Now let's talk about it. And that's usually how that goes. And a servant's heart will do that. And I appreciate you because you, I know you do have that and serving is important because there are, you know, let's say there's businesses out there which is, hey, come to me will double your income and let's get started without learning about them. And that's, unfortunately, you're an outlier. You're not the mainstream and you know that we, it just is what it is. Sure. Uh, with that being said, with all that, these great things that you do, have you read any books that have helped you with engage, evolve, you elevate these type of things, listening? Is there any favorite books you want to share? Yeah. So one of the things that I, whether I'm on as a guest on your podcast or I'm speaking in, in either several verticals, we, we have a lot of uh, depth and breadth. And so I get invited a lot. Um, I, I always come back to one thing. Uh, people buy from people. Right. And and so most of my, and I told you this, most of my books these days are faith based, but I do still read business books, right? Because I should. I, I'm a leader and I'm I'm a thought leader and and people value my opinion and our work and those kinds of things. So it's incumbent upon me to, to keep learning and keep understanding. Uh, two books that that one I read years ago, but I I, I revisited about uh, every couple of years is called Virtuous Leadership. Um, and that one is all about magnanimity, which is which is waking up every day, really. The, the whole, if you, I mean, you yeah. can sum up the whole book with that one word. And for, for your listeners, the, the, the easy way to kind of translate that is when I wake up in the morning, first thought I, I say to myself is, thank you, God, for giving me this day. The second thing is magnanimity. And that magnanimity is who can I help today? Or how can I help someone today, right? So you start your day with the idea, and it might be at work, and it might not. Right. Mm -hmm. But 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 it's it you're you're kind of actively you're to me, it's like pre-programming your mind for the day that I'm actively looking for a chance to help somebody. Right. Could could be a small thing, helping someone across the street, could be a large thing like a donation, whatever it might be. And it easily translates to the kind of work we do. So so and I think it, it that particular book also helps dial in leaders of people. Okay. Yeah. Um just really paying attention to your staff because 
and, and everybody's heard the adage, everybody's fighting something you don't know about, right? Yeah. That should be that should be particularly important if you have people on staff, right? Just just yeah. being in tune with that. Are they off today? Is something wrong? That kind of stuff. So that's one book. The, the other people-centric book is Hubert Jolly. For, for those people who don't know who he is, uh, he was the CEO that took over when Best Buy was basically tanking. Uh, he got brought in specifically for that. He's, he tells a wonderful story. He wrote a book called The Heart of Business. Uh, one of my one of my board members recommended that book to me because of the people centricity culture we have at Eagle One. And he said, I think you'd get some great ideas to kind of take that to the next level. Yeah. And he was right, of course. Um, but but what I found really interesting in that book. Mr. Jolly was really, really focused on again, the people. And I mean, down to what he called the blue shirts. You've been in a Best Buy. Um, he really empowered people down to that grassroots level and started making some fundamental cha- changes based on listening to the customers, right? And and customers from a, a company like Best Buy aren't all the same, right? Yeah. You might have a, a geographic differences. You might have regionalized differences. Yeah. You know, the, the, you know, even even some simple simple economic differences, right? So so there were some of those factors he talked about and really empowering his executive staff as well. And he, it, it, I wish I can do this someday, but he he almost put himself to the place where he didn't bring forth any ideas anymore. He was expecting his yeah. folks to, to bring ideas to him. And it was just a great book, a great read. It's it's great for leaders. Uh, it's great really for anybody in business. Um, j- but just a stark reminder that even in the B2B world, because it's lost sometimes, even in the B- B2B world, there's a person on the other end of that transaction. And I love from... Uh, Jolly's book talking about the blue shirts. And of course, I've been probably a lot of my audience has been in it as well. Yeah, we forget about the leadership engages with everybody, not just with their top soldiers, using a military phrase. I love that. And I'm going to read that book because if you're a you know, aren't solopreneur, you need to be a leader or like you, Mike, with a company with staff and work with large companies, mean sized company leadership is so important. It's the make or break of a company, right? Yeah, well, because it I mean, to me, the way I think about it is when when you when you meet an obstacle or when when something's stressed, you really you it's a good measuring stick of what you built. Right. Um, you know, we, we, we've had challenges. Right. And so and I it's great to have wins. Don't don't get me wrong. And that's that's what everybody's after. Right. I want the next mm-hmm. big client or the next next growth spurt or all those. And yes, those those are definitely great goals. And everybody, you, sh- you shouldn't be in business if you're not aspiring to grow, right? But but oftentimes when those obstacles come, it's it's easy to you know go why me or what's this or any of those things. But I view that as an opportunity to go. It's a testing ground, right? It it, it allows you to go. What have I really built here, right? And are the people that are great around me in good times? Also, yeah. great or greater in bad times, and if, if Diane and I are proud about any one thing here at Eagle One, it's our culture, it's our people, right? We've got some great human beings, all walks of life, by the way. You know, it's it's funny, and and I tell people this, and they go, "You really call yourself that?" And I say, "Yeah, I call us the Island of Misfit Toys, right?" <laughs> You, you, because you can't make it up. I mean, we're, we're literally from all walks of life, all creeds, all colors, all, all everything. But, but, but it's really about how we work together as a team. Right. And, and it, it's, and that's how everybody's judged. Like, how are you watching, watching your neighbor six? Right. And how are you, you know, those kind and how are you taking care of the client when the boss isn't looking? 
right? Like those things, th those are the things that those that's neat for me as a business owner to, to be able to look at those stressful moments and go, damn, we got a pretty good family here, you know? Yeah, you need a lot of sports metaphors there. I'm a big sports guy. Military men and sports kind of meld together. You're right. When the team's down, let's see how the quarterback's playing the game. You know, yeah. is he pitying simply like you said, or is he fighting harder, working harder with his team? And and I, you know, I think that's so important. We lose sight of that because we get stuck in that black hole that you just mentioned of an obstacle, a problem. And and you said it so well. It's a learning. Well, you didn't say it that way, but I got from you is it's a learning lesson that would maybe we're doing something wrong here. And God's telling us, I'm going to say it. God's giving us a message. Like we got to change something here, which only going right. to make you better. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And it, and again, it also gives you a chance. Do I have a solid foundation? Am I building something solid upon which more can be built? Or is there some fragility there that I need to maybe take a look at before I start piling on more? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's and it's one opportunity at a time. Yeah. And that's why I tell people, you know, you said that too. a win growing isn't just I got this many sales this week, which I talked to a lot of people. And I was like, I had no sales this week. But what did you do? Well, I met three great people. Those are wins. Probably right. better than a sale in a sense. Now you've built some relationships or companies like you do and you serve them. Who are they going to go out and talk to and go, you need to Mike, you see Mike and Eagle One. He's done this, this, and this. Great culture. That's more powerful to me than the sale because that will lead to future sales, right? Yeah, not not just the sales, though, but future long-term partnerships. See, that's, there you go. And, and I think that's the thing. Sometimes it gets lost in things like sales goals or yeah. quotas or things like that. Yes, it's great to have a quota, and everybody's got to have a goal to strive for. But at what cost, right? So, so with you know, when we talk, we've got both sales, corporate salespeople, and franchisees. Um, but when we talk about, we, we say relationships build businesses, right? People buy from people. So, so it, it's better to have five wins this year that you know are going to be with you three years from now than ten wins and none of them are going to be around at the end of the year, right? So, so it's a, it's a, it's really a, it's, it's, it's not that big of a mind shift, but it. It, it turns away from the dollars and focuses in on the people. And then, Amen. and then again, it's, it's, it's once you're connected, there's all the reasons to continue to grow together. So well said, I, I love this. You mentioned franchise. We got a little bit of time left. You want to talk about that, what you do with that? Let's let the audience know that you have, you have opportunity for them maybe. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure. So been in the franchise space a long time. The the uh, we we mentioned books before. One of the books that if anybody's anywhere remotely interested in franchising, being a franchisor or a franchisee, I would strongly recommend the Franchise Bible. Um, quick background on that: Entrepreneur Magazine puts that out about every three years, so you know it's a quality book. Uh, they publish it, believe it or not, worldwide, twenty eight languages or something. I think they told me. The only reason I know all that is because in the last edition, I was invited by the author and entrepreneur, uh, Rick Grossman's the, the author, uh, to become a contributing author to that book. Um, and that was an honor for, for us, for sure. All the credit goes to my team. It, it was really indicative of the kind of work we've done in the space. Um, what, what was great about it is I, I kind of joke and says a lot of work for no pay, uh, but, mm -hmm. but we've had a lot of folks come in because of the book, right? Uh, because they're just curious. Sometimes it's just a sounding board discussion and sometimes they become a client. Um, the, the neat thing was, is this year, uh, they've invited me to, um, be co-author of the next one, which will get released next, next year. So, uh, more exciting stuff to come on that for sure. 
But the book, and that's a, that's a shameless plug, I'm, I'm sure on one side, but what's really important yeah. about it, the, the fundamental behind the book is, is really, we've, we've talked about God a couple of times here, but it's more of that service mentality. It's, it's really kind of outlining all the stuff that needs to be considered properly because franchising, it's a commitment, right? Yeah. It's a, whether you just become a franchisee or a franchisor, it's, it's a full-blown commitment to a second business you know, entity or, or endeavor, however you want to look at it. Our, our model, we do have a franchise model. So for anybody who is interested, please please feel free to look me up on it. But, but it's a B2B model, which is only about 20% of the entire industry. Most people think of franchises as B2C, right? The big names, the McDonald's and Subways and you know, um, but, but most of them think brick and mortar and I'm coming in to get a product or a service, but there are a nice handful of B2B brands. And that, that, that model really poses a, a stay at home model, low overhead. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of really good value for folks who are already in the B2B world and just want to have that entrepreneurial yeah. latitude, if you will. And it's not just Eagle One's brand, by the way, there are a lot of great B2B brands out there. Uh, that that people should and, and I would always encourage them to find a consultant in the industry um, for sure. Get get an ally who knows the industry, that kind of thing. And, you know, there's there's lots that, that can be done, even if they have a good model already and they want to franchise it. Right. So there's there's what's really neat about franchising is that there's just so many ways you can go um, that suit who you are. Right. And, and so there's there's good, good fun. And an entrepreneur is one of the good guys in the industry. So it's fun to have their seal of approval. Yeah. Um, and uh, they do a great job with just making sure people are who they say they are. Can people reach out to you for those consultant resources? If, if possible, can you help them with that? Yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. In fact, two, two of my uh, advisory board members uh, also consult in, in that world. So yeah, that's how much I have respect for the good guys in that industry. Yeah. Uh, they're not all good guys. So, I mean, it's like any industry, they're yeah. not all good guys, but, but um, the good ones will in fact work in a way it, and it doesn't cost the future franchisee anything, right? They're, they're working with them uh, on behalf of the brands. But the good ones will focus in on what's really best for the future franchisee, what's called the candidate, because it is such a commitment, right? You 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 don't want to buy a job, you don't want to buy something you hate six months from now. Yeah. Uh, so there's just a lot of intangible stuff that goes into doing that properly, and there are some great great franchise brokers. Awesome, man! I'd love to help them out. We'll get that out in in the show notes too. I'll put it in there. His information will be in there. Um, as you can tell, Mike knows his stuff. That's why I love the guy. I love what he's doing. And he does it with a big heart. And his whole team has that. It's just not Mike. It's just not his partner in business. It's everybody. And try to get your business to that, whether you have one person or 100 people. Try to focus on that and take out the bad apples. Be very honest. They're going to be bad apples. I'm sure you've done that, Mike, where you've had a bad apple. You've had to ask them, hey, you're not a fit. That, it's good to say no, because in the long run, it's going to be good for you. Mike, I want to thank you. This has been such a pleasure. I've learned so much more about you. You've really helped my audience with some great information. And you guys reach out to him. He's He will jump on an email, answer your questions, and send you the right way you need to go. With that being said, you know what's one tip or one thing you've learned in your life that's gotten you here today that the audience could use and help them grow? Yeah, so this is an intangible for what it's worth, Steve. Um, I had a spiritual advisor for about eight years, a dear, dear friend of mine, Deacon Jerry Sasson. And um, 
he, he helped me on so many levels as a business owner, uh, with my spiritual stuff, with my family. Um, one, he was famous for great homilies, but he was also famous for great one-liners. Um, and the one-liner that he gave me that I still hold on to today is, and this is the third question I ask myself every day. And it's, it's very simple. Who needs me today more than I need me? Who needs me today more than I need me? I'll tell you what that does. Every day, good day or bad day, it 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 takes your focus and it and it you start to focus on others, right? It's not what was me or great for me. It's okay. These things are normal life, good and bad. But but you're you're focused on the the people that you're working with, your clients, whoever that might. So so who needs me today more than I need me? And it, that kind of mentality will go a long way in building a business, go a long way in building a book of business of clients. And, and frankly, I've adopted it, you know, and, and so have some of my teammates, um, but, but it, it, it shows through. It shows through in how you talk to people. It shows through in how you think. It shows through in how you work. Um, and so it's, it's something that I value, and I hope someone else would find some value in it, too.